When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. I'm Nisa and I'm Omar. Welcome to the first episode of our podcast, Help I'm Sad. In today's episode, we will explore what it means to be sad, how we cope with sadness, and ways we accept sadness as a natural emotion. If you're of the melancholy variety, you're a nervous wreck, or anything in between, settle in and make yourself at home. So how are you feeling? Uh, well, since we're in a pandemic um, and most of the world has had a vaccine, um, I feel like we are getting to the place where we're getting back open and I'm feeling a lot better because we get to be around people more. But there's a strong but because I like my long time and I kind of, as much as people have maybe hated the whole quarantine situation I kind of thrived a little bit in it yeah. <laughs> because I was able to like really self-evaluate and um, explore my spirituality outside of religion that's kind of my thing now so yeah that's how I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good now nowadays how about you I'm anxious about the pandemic ending like yeah mm -hmm. it's good for I guess it's good for everyone for the pandemic to end obviously but like like you said I was thriving. I told my therapist because she asked me, she was like, how are you doing during these hard times? And I was like, honestly, I feel bad saying this, but I'm doing great. Like, I'm thriving no, I, and like, I'm okay. <laughs> like, I think that's really controversial for people like us to say because, like, oh, how dare you? Like, you don't want to be around people, your family, you don't miss anything. Like, I love my family yeah. <laughs> dearly. But I also, like, like that I got a chance to discover parts of myself that I would not have had I been around the people that I was normally around. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Yeah. Not to say that people around me stunt my growth, but I think a long time for you to really figure out who you are helps with that, um, the validity of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling about this being our first episode so far? I actually am very proud because um, before we talked about this happening um i was on my own little plot to come out with a podcast um it was gonna be a lot more angrier and a lot more <laughs> politically pushed yeah <laughs> um but uh and I, i'm kind of glad that i kind of sat on that for a long time um because i don't think it would have came to fruition and really been respected how i think i would want it to have been respected I say all that to say, um, to get to a point where we're here and I'm with my best friend. Like I li we literally grew up together and we're gonna hear most of the stories when we yeah. go on the podcast, <laughs> but for us to like be at this point is crazy. And I'm I'm super excited. I'm super blessed and I'm super like Yeah. <laughs> How about you? I'm a little scared. Why? <laughs> like not scared, I'm just like Anxious for the episodes to be out there, and I'm also anxious about how people will receive it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, if they will find it helpful, if they won't find it helpful, yeah. if they feel like we're sharing too much. Just, like, 
fearing what people have to say and like having to deal with that yeah i think and i honestly like my fear of saying too much (laughs) is a real thing because i i do believe like certain things should just be left where it's at (laughs) but other things i think need to be discussed for the simple fact that it's healing in it that needs to happen um and i think with our intentions of making this podcast i think we are in a place in the space we're creating to have those conversations and it not be taken any other way than what we kind of put it out to be um but i hope that people get it i hope people love it i hope that people laugh because yeah. i hate i don't i don't like listening to podcasts that are super sad i know true crime is popular but yeah. it's super sad sometimes and i'll just be like come on joy where is it right <laughs> um shameless plug <laughs> if you love true crime um and you don't know i'm i'm a true crime podcaster and i focus on missing and murdered black people i tell their stories um, my podcast is called The Lost Crimes Library, so go mm-hmm. check it out on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. So we are recording this episode on Juneteenth, and yeah. was it a couple days ago that Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, declared Juneteenth a federal holiday? Yes, two days ago, uh, on the 17th of 2021, he made Juneteenth the 11th American federal holiday um, and the first to obtain legal observation for a federal holiday since Martin Luther King Day. So um, that was 1983. So, <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is pretty monumental for us to have a, another national holiday yeah. um, to be recognized. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of have mixed feelings about it because, like, obviously it's always good for these holidays to be recognized by everyone, not just black people. I know black people have been celebrating Juneteenth for forever, but it's also like it feels like it's pandering sometimes yeah. like it feels like they're just like okay let's just give them this holiday <laughs> it's like holidays are great but i would really like some actual systemic change like, no you know that would show that you cared about black people definitely breadcrumbs right <laughs> and, and i think um a lot of america especially black america are waking up to that idea especially the younger generation because of the work and activism that they feel entitled to do um so the fact the fact that we have this national holiday is another, I think, great stride in the right direction, but another reminder that we are still oppressed <laughs> in right. a lot of ways. Um, and that goes for, you know, systemically, financially, you know, ed- educationally, everything. Like, we're just we're that oppressed still. How do you yeah. feel about the whole Juneteenth? Do you celebrate Juneteenth normally? Um, I don't, like, celebrate it like how white people celebrate the 4th of July, but, like, I acknowledge it when it comes, and, like, I think about it, <laughs> like, it, like when it comes, I'm, like, you know, I have a moment to reflect on it and like, think about where we are now versus where we were then, but I'm not, like, I'm not a huge holiday person in general, so I don't really celebrate a lot of holidays, so. Got that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like, I feel like my parents were very... I'm learning now in my latter years of living, <laughs> I'm only 26, guys, um, that my parents were a lot more in the activism role in, in terms of their mindsets, in terms of, like, make sure we knew who certain things, who certain people were and why we were actually taking time up on Martin Luther King's Day to actually learn who he was and what his message was meant to be and, like, actually talking about it, having dialogue. So I think the significance of Juneteenth Although I don't think I remember necessarily celebrating in terms of like the cooking and the gathering and having the conversations, but definitely remembering what it is that Juneteenth was significant for. So today's topic that we wanted to talk about was sadness and what that looks like in our lives now and in the past and how we define sadness so omar have you ever been sad about being sad i definitely have uh i think i've experienced um from my own understanding i think i've experienced almost every level of sadness aside from sadness that a person can get from maybe a loss of a very close loved one i haven't experienced that in a long time or like um a divorce so a loss of a, a mate um, I never experienced that level of sadness and what that kind of entails. 
Um, but I think in terms of sadness and 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 that being borderline depressed and, and for getting to all the other you know points of um, low vibrational feelings, um, I think I've I felt a, a, a lot like a wide range of those kind of emotions. So I've definitely experienced sadness throughout the course of my life. I'm 24 years old at the moment. Um, and I think for me, sadness, there's different levels to it. And so like there's sadness when, you know, you hear something sad and then you're like briefly sad for a moment or maybe for that day. But then there's sadness where it's like, okay, it's lingering. You know, it might be there tomorrow. It might be there next week. And then there's like depression. And I feel like there's like a solid difference where depression is like, it's a chronic thing. Like you're, it's happening for probably more than a week and you just feel like hopeless, I guess. And so I've definitely experienced sadness to different degrees, but I think there's always like a baseline sadness, like I'm baseline melancholy in my life where I'm just like not super joyful. I'm just like here and like surviving and kind of just being like okay what's like there'd be bursts and like tiny tiny bursts of like happiness where I like acknowledge in the moment that I'm happy but that's pretty rare yeah and do you think the baseline do you think it's a baseline of of your emotion or do you think it's like comfortability because it's kind of like for me I, I would want to say I'm more melancholy but lately, I've kind of stepped into—I wouldn't say stepped into a role because I don't view me walking through life as roles. But um, I definitely feel like I'm more chill, laid back, but not like in the sense of I'm just kind of passing by in life. Even though I've felt those emotions constantly growing up, I feel like I was more melancholy growing up than I was than I am now. Um, but I think I exuded more confidence back then too so it's it's really weird for me (laughs) (laughs) to really explain I don't know I think for me it's a baseline like I just feel like there's some people are made a certain way like some people are like okay like their personality is to be optimistic or like very cheerful I guess Mm -hmm. and exuberant and so like that's not me I'm more someone who's like chill and relaxed and like I don't like I get excited but I might not necessarily show it and so I think for me it's like I'm in my head a lot and I've always been that way and it probably has a lot to do with the fact that I'm an only child Hmm. and so like I can't really when I was younger like I would just talk to myself like in my head and then also out loud Mm -hmm. and I would play by myself so I think I just got used to like being in my own head and like in my own imagination and then feeling or dealing with feelings on my own. And so I think it just became a baseline thing. I also think certain circumstances contribute to like that feeling of melancholy and like getting comfortable with it. Like I think there is a level of being comfortable with being sad because yeah. it's like once you get used to it, it's like, well, this is expected. This is like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be alarmed by any other feeling or like shocked by any other feeling because I'm just always sad. It's not like I choose to be sad. It's just like, that's just how it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so I do think there's a level of comfort to it, but I also think circumstances and just like, even just like your personality plays into like, if you are a melancholy person, a sad person. Yeah. What does your sad look like on a day-to-day basis if you were to personify it? So sadness to me looks like, so I would say like, I don't know if it's sad is the word, but like I, there's a lack of joy in my life on a day-to-day basis. Like I'm never waking up like, whoa, it's a new day and like, you know, let's seize the moment and say la vie and all those things. Like, I'm not <laughs> yeah, that no. person. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, okay, got to do more stuff today. And then the next day I got to do more stuff. And so that's just kind of how I am. But when I do have, like, those sadder moments where it's, like, more sadness rather than lack of joy, like, there's active sadness. Like, maybe I heard something that made me sad or 
you know, something triggered me and that made me sad. It's like my first go to is food. Like it's like, okay, I'll use food to cope with the whatever bad thing is happening in my Mm -hmm. life. And then I'll also, even though I know not to use food to cope, like I intellectually know that. Right. But I'll go grab something and then I'll eat it. And then after that, I like to feel sad about the thing that I ate. (laughs) So I'm like feel guilty about it. And so then it's just like a a layer of sadness each and every time. Mm-hmm. But I've been trying to get better at it. I've gone off sugar for a whole month now. Ooh, how's that? <laughs> um, it was hard for the first three days. But then after that, it's like, I think the trick is like, will I be able to sustain this after a month? Mm. Like, I think I'm the type of person, if you give me a goal, I will do it because I don't want to fail at the goal. Mm. But it's a matter of like, okay, if I allow myself after a month to eat sugar, I probably will. And I'll probably be reckless about it. Like, I probably won't be like, oh, let's just have one cookie. And so with me, it's either, like, all of it or none of it. And so I think that's, like, the hardest part of giving up sugar for a month and, like, learning how to cope without food. But it's also helpful. It's, like, so, like, mind-blowing because you realize how often you reach for food. or And then if you don't have food, like, I notice, like, so I was really sad and anxious about something yeah. last week. And I was like, I can't have sugar. And that's what I would have went to first. And then I was like, my brain did this thing where I was like, well, you got to go to the second best thing. And so I went on Amazon and don't hate me for this, everyone. Okay. I don't support Amazon, but I do. I support- <laughs> like I support them with my oh. money, but ethically I do not support okay, Amazon. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But here's the thing. <laughs> so I was like, I can't have sugar. My mind goes to the second best thing, which is let's just buy a bunch of books. Do I have the money for these books? No. Wait a minute. But I'm going to buy books because they allow me to escape my current world by going to another world. So I'm like, and I love to read. I'm a writer. So. Perfect. Yeah. So I just love reading. And so I was like, okay, if I can't, it's not like really bad. It's just like, if you don't have the money, you shouldn't buy something. But like, I didn't have the money at the moment. So I was like, okay, I'm, I don't care. I need this in my life. I need to read. (laughs) So I'm going to get books. And I'm like, wow. Like if I don't have that main thing that I used to cope I'll just go to something else and that's not healthy like I should process my emotions and my feelings and then move on but somehow it always there's always something I'm grabbing or going towards to like get rid of that sad feeling and I think getting past your sadness is really helpful when you can accept that that's a human emotion and that's okay to feel that way yeah um and it kind of you saying that kind of remind me of the statement um energy is not nor not created nor destroyed so when you i found that like when i changed some of my bad habits in terms of eating or being restless or being lazy like me being lazy was taking up you being laying down and like closing your eyes or being on your phone just laying down that takes up that, that takes energy for you to be just laying there when you know your body's able to move, your heart's beating so that it's able to produce these hormones so you can, you know, move. Um, I mean, adrenaline so you can move, not hormones. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know what you meant. <laughs> but uh, th- there comes a point, it came a point where, you know, wh- where my laziness would usually kick in, I would go into meditation, you know what I'm saying, and shift that energy um, to something positive. So yeah, how so back to the sadness of it right. all. <laughs> um, how do you, I know we talked about uh, what does your sadness look like, uh, but how would you define sadness? When I was preparing for this episode, I researched what sadness meant in Merriam-Webster, and they defined it as a state or a spell of low spirits. It's also defined as showing, expressing, or feeling sorrow or unhappiness, causing sorrow or gloom depressing deplorable or inadequate sorry dark hued somber and i am all of those no i'm not (laughs) all of those but like i definitely resonate i guess with the keyword being state or spell i feel Mm. like that's like a key factor in sadness like it's not forever at least for for me it's not forever but it is a state or a spell, like a period of time where you are feeling low and you are feeling sorrow and gloom. And I think gloom is such a good word because I just feel like gloom is like 
you just feel like there's a cloud over you yeah. and you can't shake it. I also feel like that's kind of a similar feeling to being depressed. It's like, except the cloud is like, it's not like partly cloudy. It's like fully cloudy and it's yeah. like, it stays for a long time. Yeah. When and I think of sadness, I'm sorry. It's okay. I think of sadness, I think of Eeyore. Off of yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely get that yeah. picture in my mind. Yeah. Do you feel like that's, that's accurate? Yeah, in, in I definitely think, well, I think, I think Eeyore was depressed. So yeah, I think Eeyore was more depressed than sad. Because like I said, like for me, sadness isn't like a constant state. It's kind of like comes and goes. Um, and depression comes and goes. But, you know, I'm a high functioning depressed person. So for me, it's kind of always there in the background. Mm-hmm. And there's just d- certain days when it like decides to like rear its head. But I think Eeyore is like, he's like the the quintessential character for depression i feel like he's like he walks around depressed he's even like the color of his character is like kind of a depressing purplish gray color mm-hmm. eeyore is also kind of he doesn't socialize a lot with his friends <laughs> in the show so i just feel like that's like kind of like the stereotypical image of depression i guess yeah. and i know for me sometimes when i realized i was depressed it took a long time because I was like, well, I'm not, not like I actively compared myself to Eeyore in that moment, but like I wasn't having those, that same disposition that Eeyore was having. I was kind of like, okay, I can still get by. I can still go to my classes. I can still go to work, all that stuff and be okay. Like, yes, I don't feel great inside, but I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to lay in my bed all day because I don't have time for that. Yeah, I have a degree I'm trying to get. And so- but that's not everyone's situation. Some people are depressed and they have to lay in bed. And I had my times where I just laid in bed all day, cried. Or I didn't cry because I was numb. But there were days when I had to kind of just keep going. And that's like where the high-functioning depression comes in. You you think that you're not as depressed or it's not as serious because you aren't in bed. Or you're not talking about, oh you know, I want my life to end. Like, you just feel like you're not yourself. You feel like you're alone. You feel not necessarily social. And you feel kind of like, okay, is if is this how life is going to be forever? Mm-hmm. And I think those are all the same feelings that a severely depressed person has. But it's just accompanied maybe with suicidal thoughts or anything like that. Whereas, like, I feel like high-functioning depressed people are like, life isn't worth living whereas like severely depressed people are like i don't want to live life you yeah. know what i'm saying and yeah. i think there's a difference and i think you're captured maybe the latter which is i maybe not captured but he showed himself as the severely depressed character which is very ahead of its time i must say like <laughs> as a kid like i could definitely resonate with it which is alarming but mm-hmm. I think that's very helpful for for kids to like realize, oh, that's an emotion and a character that I like is identifying with the emotion I have. And so you know, it's okay to feel that and to talk about it. Yeah. Although I'm able to identify with the emotion because the cartoons are able to explain it and articulate it and, you know, put it into picture, I think it'll be way more um impactful if the characters were actually real. You know what I'm saying? If there were people of color who were going through situations that were realistic. Um, so how would you cope with your, how do you cope with your sadness? So for me, it depends on how sad I am. Yeah. So like there's times when I'm so sad, I can't do anything but cry. I'm also an angry crier. So it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> so when you're so angry criers are like when you cry it's not like sometimes people think it's because you're sad yeah and it's like really no i just have i'm so angry about something you said or did that like i know i can't hit you and i know i can't say these really mean things and nor do i want to but I, instead of doing that instead of hurting you i'm going to choose to cry about it mm-hmm. and that's the best way yeah i can put it is like that's the only way that I can express my anger and to me in a healthy way is to cry about it. But um, 
you know, some ways that I cope is like, I'll write or I'll exercise or I'll eat, (laughs) which I probably shouldn't do, (laughs) but like, I'm getting better about that. But I used to eat my feelings a lot. There's a, there used to be, there still is a lot of negative self-talk. So I'll, I'll pile on myself and that's messed up. Like, I don't know where that comes from. But that's coming up in the next therapy session because, no. <laughs> like, my self negative self talk is it's bad. Like, I will tell myself horrible things about myself when I'm already feeling bad, and so it obviously will never help me feel better if I right. have negative self talk. But that's I think a re- reality for many people is they tell themselves these things about themselves based off of how other people view them, or even how they view themselves, or how society views them. Um, I'm also neglect self-care when I'm sad, particularly when I'm depressed, I'll neglect self-care. So I won't, although I love to eat, there there have been rare moments <laughs> where I will forget to eat um, because I'm too anxious and I'm doing something that, like not anxious, I think some people perceive it as being productive, but to me it's anxious. So I'm just doing things so that I can feel better. And so sometimes that means I forget eating. When I was really depressed for like, a few months for like a whole year actually but like <laughs> I was in like a really bad state of depression and like it would be an accomplishment if I brushed my teeth that day mm. or like if I got in the shower that day um I'm at a new level in my life where I exercise pretty much every day and that's a way that I take care of myself it did not come easily like it used to take so much motivation to exercise and it's gotten to a point where I have to like tell myself I deserve to take care of myself Mm. and I deserve to like be healthy I think when you're really depressed you're not actively sitting there like thinking okay I want my life to end but you will do things that aren't healthy which will inevitably lead to um, your life not being at its best I try to talk about my feelings when I'm feeling sad but that's hard for me I don't like being a burden on anyone Mm -hmm. so I tend to keep it to myself if I do talk about it, it's with my therapist because I that's what she's paid for. Hello? Right, exactly. <laughs> so um, if there's anyone I can talk to about, it's my therapist. Um, sometimes I'll talk to it with my mom. But I think for the most part, I try to work it out in my head Yeah. Um, before I really bring it to anyone else, which isn't healthy. Don't do that. Like, well, it's healthy if you feel like you can, if you feel like you don't have anyone you can trust to talk to because you don't want to talk to someone and then they tell you, something that will just push you over the edge Mm -hmm. so i definitely think it's okay to talk to yourself about it if you don't have anyone else you can trust one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
I also I don't know if I said this by right and I read or I just do hobbies that remind me why sometimes life is great <laughs> um, I used to have a period in my life where I would meditate that I've fallen off so far I have fallen off I can't remember the last time I meditated on anything healthy coping mechanisms that I've acquired fall under the meditation guy <laughs> which I've fallen off of for the last three months and have fallen back into uh, very unhealthy habits huh here's some exposing no <laughs> Uh, one thing that I do that I'm willing to expose is bite my nails, and I oh, bite I them used to do that a so lot. Yeah. often now because, um, I don't know. Lately, it's just been a lot going on. Um, do you feel like you do it more when you're anxious? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think when I'm when I'm when I know I'm not settled, like my mental, my spirit, like my whole being is not settled, I get anxious. And I used to get, I got to a point where I figured out my self-care routine. And so, like, you know, if you're not on your self-care routine, that should be a clear sign that something's going on. So some of the self-care things that I do are um, skincare regimen. Um, I actually have, like, a whole step-by-step. I feel really, like, YouTube official when really? I do it. <laughs> um, uh, also, hair care stuff, I do have a lot of hair on top of my head <laughs> uh, um i'm gonna lock it soon so that's gonna be a journey and of course the showering and the brushing the teeth and the you know constant the basic of, things that everyone basic, should be doing right? hello yeah those are my those are my things and i have definitely fallen off um hopefully after this airs i'll <laughs> i'll have been back on track and <laughs> this will have motivated me enough to do the things that i'm supposed to be doing so i don't come on here being a hypocrite because <laughs> i don't want that to happen yeah. <laughs> so yeah i hope me putting that out there hold one holds me accountable to myself and holds people accountable to me because this is an area of my life that i know needs to be improved do you ever feel guilty for being sad all the time I think being sad, when I think of being sad, I think of someone, listen to me closely, I think of someone playing victim, not okay. actually being the victim, because victimhood in our community is not allowed. <laughs> so, yeah. And so allowing myself to be the victim but not stay in it, and also allowing myself to understand that... A victim can be a victor. How about you? Um, I think I used to feel really guilty about being sad when I was younger because I just felt like so many people have it worse than me right now. Like, I'm, you know, my life is pretty good and there's nothing really to be sad about. But I've learned, one, I've learned that, like, as you get older, you honestly don't care as much about, like, what people think. And mm -hmm. then you realize not everyone's thinking about you. <laughs> Which I think is something is like, maybe that's like really self-absorbed. But like, I think a lot of people think, oh, someone's thinking about me or talking about me. And it's like, they're really not. They're no. too focused on themselves because we're all self-absorbed. But yeah, I was always worried that I would be perceived as like, like you said, like a victim. And really, it's like everyone has a right to be sad about something. And so like my feelings of sadness aren't shouldn't be devalued because maybe I'm living a pretty decent life and I have all my basic necessities and I have more than that and like I'm in America and like I have a certain level of privilege right. that other people don't have. I've learned to validate my own feelings because they are real and honestly like I try to treat myself like I would treat you or my best friend like I wouldn't say to my best friend you shouldn't feel sad about that right. so like why would I say that to myself and I think that's really helped me kind of accept that sadness is a human emotion that is okay feeling. I don't like being stuck in that place because then I might, might spiral into a depression. Yeah. But I also don't like ignoring it because I can also spiral into depression. So it's like a fine balance between accepting your emotions and like really living and like staying in your emotions. Yeah. Have you ever been told your sadness is unwarranted um no 
I haven't, but that's because I have a supportive mother. <laughs> I have a supportive mom, supportive mom, and so I think, you know, she has a background in like psychology and stuff like that. So I feel like she's kind of always been that person. Like you can express yourself and it'll be okay. I also think that I've had <laughs> certain narcissistic people in my life who have tried to convince me that like the things that happened to me were my fault or like they either like they were either my fault or they didn't happen mm. which is clearly gaslighting but you know with those people i know that i can't share my actual emotions and feelings which is devastating on one hand but it's realistic on the other yeah you know there's some people if i wanted to share those emotions it would just make me feel worse because they wouldn't validate them and so i think i try to stay away from those people i tried to only to set a boundary to be like okay i'll only share so much about my life with you because i know that that's as far as we can take it and that's fine and i think i've learned to accept that i used to be devastated by the fact that i couldn't do those things and that um i didn't have normal family members but it's like it is what it is and if you keep dwelling on it you're just gonna be sad yeah how about you i wouldn't say unwarranted i would say dismissed yeah (laughs) um i think a lot of my sadness, um, like I mentioned earlier about the motivation thing, was just simply dismissed as another um, reason as to why <laughs> I decided to speak that out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of religion was thrown into it. A lot of um, societal things at that moment in terms of, like, schooling. I was in, maybe in middle school when it happened, really. Um but as a child, like you just you just aren't given that liberty to kind of like feel any other thing but happy because hey yeah. you aren't paying bills yeah exactly <laughs> and, which is very depressing yeah okay <laughs> like I know from I know for experience. a fact now right. <laughs> what my childhood could have been had I known what bills felt like as a yeah. child <laughs> you know? yeah so yeah definitely dismissed um but I don't think. And I think I internalized that a lot. I think I internalized my the dismissiveness of my emotions as a fact that yeah. I shouldn't have these emotions at all. And then add on to the fact that I'm a black man in America where we're supposed to, you know, have this idea where our emotions aren't even supposed to be shown on our on our sleeves uh, half the time or you get called sensitive or you get called weak or yeah. things like that. So, um yeah, dismissed is definitely how how my sadness was uh, <laughs> interpreted. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think kids like when you're younger, it's hard to say those things because one, it feels so foreign. Like it feels like this is really heavy for like an eighth grader, <laughs> or like mm-hmm. this is really heavy for sixth grade or whatever. Yeah, and also I think there's a perception that children's lives are easy. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you don't have to pay bills, you don't have to worry about adult things. Um, but then in the same, on the same side of that, it's like, but children are also experiencing life in the same universe or like the same plane that adults are and they're, they don't have the skills to deal with it. Yeah. It's like where, as you're an adult, maybe something bad happens. You, you have learned through life how to cope. Maybe it's not the best. Maybe you still have a lot of learning to do, but you know, that you can cope with it and you know that you'll be able to make it out on the other side. Whereas when you're a kid, it feels like everything's crumbling. It feels like, wow, I've never felt this before. No one's talked to me about what this feels like. Um, and then that kind of, you internalize that and think, okay, well, maybe this is all in my head. Like maybe this isn't really happening. And then if you don't have parents that validate it, it feels like, well, I don't really have a right to be depressed or sad yeah. or anxious. Because everything's fine. I don't have to pay bills. My parents do so much for me. They've sacrificed so much. But at the same time, I think parents have to be understanding, like, kids don't aren't born with the tools for how to survive life and how to cope with bad things that happen to them. And so I think it's totally fine to have a moment to, like, wallow in it and be like, okay, that's, like, this is a feeling I'm having. It's totally natural. It's totally normal. Yeah. And then just, like, move on with your life. A lot of the times, black women are told to be strong and, like, move on, keep it going, keep it pushing, and just do whatever you have to do to survive. And I know for me, sometimes, as a black woman, I just need and want that time to wallow and be like, 
I can't be strong today and nor do I want to be strong today. Like I would actually like to crumble. Like I would actually like to have a human moment where I'm not expected to be superwoman. I would like to feel like, okay, I can say this is unfair without any repercussions. I want to be able to say I didn't deserve that, you know, or... And be believed. Right, and be believed. And then also sometimes you just want someone to say like i know it's hard and you don't have to act like everything's okay like i want someone to be like life in general no matter who you are is hard and then there's certain things in life that make it harder Mm -hmm. and you have to cope with that however you can and sometimes that means wallowing sometimes that means binge watching netflix and like having a day having a mental health day to yourself that was a great point and i kind of wanted to find wallow for anybody who <laughs> is a uh dictionary queen or king okay. uh, <laughs> um and uh wallow is defined by uh Merriam Webster to roll oneself about in a lazy relaxed or ungainly manner um and to hear wallow being defined as relaxed in, yeah. in the sense that you know you are relaxing even though you're wallowing in and maybe self-pity or or laziness or just sorrow or any other you know emotions of sadness that you're feeling um it's a point of relax relaxation at a certain point and so i think when people wallow although it's a it's i think it's a state of emotion so i think it's not necessarily bad until you realize you're wallowing and you continue doing it for hours or days upon end Versus you realizing you're doing it and kind of breathing through it, taking deep breaths, even though you, even though for me as a um, heavier person, my deep breath sounds like um, a whale, no. a whale. <laughs> something, or something very large. Because like, come on, you got it's a lot, it's a lot of my, a lot of body I had to lift up to kind of put air into my body. So, <laughs> so um, taking deep breaths, being mindful that. It literally is an emotion. It's going to pass. You may see it again, but it it's going to pass again um, because that's what life is. So uh, I hope that helps in terms of defining what wallow means. Um, I think the self-pity part is, like, key, too, because it's, like, I think some, like, self-pity obviously is not an attractive quality <laughs> at no. all. But it's also, like, sometimes I think some people confuse self-pity with, like, acknowledging a level of truth so Mm. like you know sometimes i think people expect especially black people and from my experience black women to like not feel bad about their situation and Mm -hmm. it's like in reality this is unfair what's happening around us and around me is unfair yeah and it's okay to acknowledge that and me acknowledging that doesn't mean that i'm saying that I deserve pity or I'm even giving myself pity. I'm just saying it's not fair and I have to cope with it. And I think I deserve, I think I deserve a day. Like yeah. that's the minimum. Like I deserve a day to, to deal with this. Yeah. As a black man, I'm never going to talk to you as a black woman and say that what you're saying is invalid. Um, especially because we have a lot of that <laughs> in society. Yeah. And I kind of want to break that, um, break that curse. Yeah. What, what it seems like, um, but I, as a black man, I noticed that there are women who say that this is not fair and live in a, in a way that reflects that, yeah, they, they're doing the right thing in terms of their purpose in living, respectful of others, and they're still still not treated fairly. You see that um, with uh, the tennis player. Yeah, You saw that with her, and, her soccer, and, yeah. and realizing that she needs her time for herself because she understands where she is. And did she still gets penalized for it? You know right. what I'm saying. With black people in general, I think we have like this "don't stop" mentality. Like, don't stop, because if you stop, that's when everything will hit the fan. Mm-hmm. I feel like society likes to tell a black woman like you're being angry, you have an attitude, when in reality you're just a human person and you're having a human moment and what happened upset you. And I think white women are given a certain amount of leeway that other people aren't for black people it's so important to prioritize putting yourself in spaces where you feel 
seen and valued and like that your emotions and feelings are valid because that's why like I told you like I have a black female therapist because she's the only one who's gonna get it yeah like she's the only one who's gonna understand where I'm coming from not even a black male therapist can understand yes he can understand the racial side of it but he won't understand the gender component and so for me that's what I need and I think I personally think everyone should go to therapy, but <laughs> um, I think when you do go to therapy, it's really important to find someone who looks like you and values the same things you value um, so that when you do have those moments where you feel like wallowing, you don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. And you feel like you can go to someone who's going to listen and be like, I validate how you're feeling. It's totally fine. Here's some coping mechanisms. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I definitely will vouch for therapy and say that. Everyone needs to go to therapy. Yeah. Um, I'm currently... <laughs> Are to, you in therapy, I'm Omar? I'm about to lie and say I'm currently in the process. Um, although I need to be currently in the process, I'm still going through my little thing of finding a therapist and, like, okay. having the the courage to actually type in the research and, like, the process because I just wish black therapists were more relatively available <laughs> like are, you, like are these... you scared of going to therapy or you just okay it really is just about finding the right person both okay okay so because i've i've tried therapy once before and it was a white woman therapist <laughs> a white woman <laughs> <laughs> and um although she was very kind i didn't feel like i couldn't talk to her I just felt like I couldn't talk to her. <laughs> yeah, about like, certain things. Yeah. yeah, and so, and I understood, you know, the the racial thing was a component, the gender thing was a component. Um, I think, I think, I think people relate on a privilege level too, especially if you recognize what privilege looks like in our society. Um, so, I think that's the only reason why I even entertained it for three weeks or three times that I went because it was like there's certain components of my life that I can share with and I can kind of get feedback but there's certain there's other components where it's like it's not happening so um but I say that to say that I, that was one experience of therapy and but I'm not completely t- turned off I would yeah. love to find a male black male therapist I honestly truly it would desire therapy because I know how much um of a tool it'll be you know in me in me in life yeah yeah speaking of tools i want to provide you guys with some um, ways to cope with sadness so according to psych central you can cry which according to psychotherapist and author lisa m schaub crying is your body's natural way of releasing sadness stress hormones come out in your tears i've heard um i don't know if it was on a show or something but like somebody said um, a lot of unhealed and un- and traumatized people um, have like a, a a heart that's iced. Yeah. And you know when ice melts, it turns into water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they talk and they, they made a reference to crying and how that like a release of though that that cold heart you may have had. Um, yeah. So I think that is accurate in saying that crying does help. I've yeah. cried before. And didn't know why I was crying. I even called my mom. Was like, "Why am I crying?" And she lives in a whole different state. And she's like, "I don't know why you're crying. <laughs> why are you calling me?" <laughs> I really didn't understand. Like nothing that day happened yeah. like significant enough for me to be like, "I'm sad about this thing." So another way to cope with sadness would be to articulate your sadness. So this means just getting in touch with your emotions and speaking them out loud. Um, sometimes we don't even know that we are experiencing sadness until we speak how we are feeling. And if you can't speak it, you can always write it out. For example, you can say, I feel saddened when, or I felt sad when. Um, I feel saddened when I don't have money. <laughs> That's real, <laughs> yeah. Because I am very spoiled, and I require a lot of things. <laughs> that <laughs> You're bougie? I'm very. Okay. I'm, I'm accepting that now because yeah. had you called me bougie Black people a year love ago, to make other black people feel guilty for being bougie. It's like, so I'm guilty for wanting to live a nice life and have nice things. No way. You can never See, make me feel bad And for that's that. the only thing. I feel like when people say nice, they want to like nitpick what, what nice is. 
Okay, I'm sorry. I want to have expensive society. things well, because those tend to be of better quality. Well, it means it will last longer. Well, That's what I mean by yeah, nice. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. Okay. Yeah. We're on the same page. Right. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say me being broke saddens me a lot. <laughs> so that's that. How about um, you, Ty? Okay, so so I feel saddened when I use food to cope with my feelings. Valid. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I know it's wrong, but I will still do it. Yeah. Just for like that immediate relief. Satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. So another way to cope would be to create a poem. This is great for all the artistic people out there who are more in touch with their emotions when they are expressing themselves through creativity. For myself, I know that writing how I feel, whether that's through stories or essays, makes me process that emotion, and it helps me detach from that emotion in a healthy way because I processed it instead of internalizing it. Um, I would concur with the writing of poems. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a creative, so I like to write poems and write music and write in general um, just because I know words are important. <laughs> Especially yeah. in, in in order for us to communicate effectively. Um, we can feel all day and look at each other and know how we feel about each other. But say, actually saying it means so much, so much, it means something different, especially when you, all you hear in your head is your own, yeah. your own voice. So. Another coping mechanism would be taking a walk or just getting any physical activity in general. So... Um, physical activities trigger endorphins, which in turn make us feel good. So doing some sort of physical activity like walking or running can help improve your mood. Another coping mechanism for sadness would be to show yourself support. So according to Lisa M. Schaub, you can find a quiet place, put your right hand on your chest and your left hand on your stomach, then gently say to yourself, I am here for you. I care about your suffering. Yeah, um, I love that showing yourself support requires no one else yeah that's <laughs> it, major it requires no one else yeah but yourself and for people like me who negative who engage in negative self-talk um encouraging yourself literally is the polar opposite <laughs> of that negative self-talk in my mind it connected to that where I felt like I was fighting against evil good against evil in my mind <laughs> and it wasn't like no one else bringing it upon me you know what I'm saying and yeah. so having that support system within yourself and knowing that what you're saying about yourself is valid <laughs> and that you're worthy and you're that you're that you're worthy I think so many of us sometimes, like we said before, do self-pity. And to me, this is like entirely the opposite of self-pity. It's kind of like just being like acknowledging that whatever happened to you is unfair and that you are suffering, but that it's okay. Yeah. And I think that's major because it's different than being like complaining about something and be like, oh, life was hard and this is not right and I deserve better versus being like, okay. I'm here for I'm here for myself and I care about my own suffering and I'm going to do what it takes. I'm not just going to sit around and wallow and have self-pity. I'm actually going to take the steps to heal or do what it takes so that I don't have to keep feeling this way and that if I do, I know how to cope with it. Yeah. Another coping mechanism would be to take a bath or a hot shower. I think the goal here is to just take a moment to care for yourself, whatever healthy activity that may be, and remember healthy coping mechanisms are the goal. I have a thing about showers and baths showers cool every day you know we gotta keep moving baths right i'm not working a 12-hour shift and taking a bath because i feel like you're soaking in your own dirty self and i just feel like that's that doesn't make any sense unless you have to take a shower after it and see that's a waste of my time or you can take a shower before it and i'll do that and then do yeah i'll do that before i'll do like the bath and shower because that just defeats the purpose for me. So is there any takeaway that you have from this episode? There are so many nuggets, especially from you because you are such a wise woman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think a lot of what you said about crying and being able to um 
release stresses that doesn't have to correlate to, you know, a certain level of uh, intense emotion. I think that resonates a lot with me because um, as a man, you aren't given, we aren't given liberties as freely to cry or or express our emotions um, other than anger. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I'm going to cry more often, but I don't know when or how or why I will cry. But I feel like crying, you know, is going to relieve a lot more stress than I think will cause. So <laughs> as long as I'm by myself, I feel like yeah. I'll just, you know. I feel like we need to do an update every time we meet to record. <laughs> like, okay. Did you cry? <laughs> I'm gonna do, no, yeah. for real, seriously, because I, I, don't, I can't see myself crying anytime soon, but I'm going to try. At least, and and not to like make myself cry and think about something sad, but like cry in terms of just releasing the world. Cause I feel like you, so I think every human feels a level of the weight of the world on their shoulders. Yeah, unless you're, you're completely narcissistic, and then, then you don't feel a yeah. thing, and you feel on top of it. Yeah, but for us, the rest of us who are you know constantly under the criticism of ourselves and others, um, a release of tears is okay. Um, something I think that I can take away from this episode is to be able to support yourself and be there for yourself. I think sometimes, like, like obviously I've been able to support myself a lot as an only child, but I think not in a healthy way. Like, I think it's easy for me to push people away or to be almost too independent. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, learning that fine line between being able to support yourself, but also being able to be like, hey, I need help or I need to talk about how I'm feeling is helpful. And I think, you know, being able to to sit down, take a moment and say, I understand your suffering and it's okay is very big because I think a lot of people, especially people of color, feel like they don't have that time to do that because mm-hmm. they just have to keep surviving. But I think, you know, if there's anything I want our listeners to take away is like to have a moment for yourself and to validate your experience, validate your feelings and then move on, you know, seek help if you need help and don't put so much pressure on yourself to get better. I think a lot of times we don't want to be sad or depressed anymore. And so we're just like, I can't wait till we feel better. I can't wait till I feel better. And I think it's just a process. Like, it's not just going to happen overnight. And I think being able to cope with that, with that realization that it won't happen overnight is major. And, you know, taking away some of the coping mechanisms that we share today could be a major key in healing. Yeah, I agree. Thanks for listening to Help I'm Sad. If you want to interact with us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at Help I'm Sad Pod and on Twitter at Help I'm Sad underscore pod. Also on Facebook at Help I'm Sad. See you next month for a new episode. Speaking love, light, and peace. Tell me why I was, I saw the podcast, um, Obama does this podcast or whatever with some white guy, I forget his name, mm-hmm. I think he's like a rock singer or something, I saw him on like the podcast logo, yeah. and my thought, it was this morning actually, my thought was like, wow, Obama's really attractive, I was like, what? I was like, he's the most attractive president thus far, like, okay. come on. Remind me about flamingos. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.